I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm now joined by Jay Billis of ESPN. Jay, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Hope you are. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, got back uh, from Atlanta. I uh, went back home for the holidays, and we got some snow here in Knoxville. Are you a snow guy, or are you okay without uh, without the snow? I am better without snow. Uh, mm-hmm. I can tolerate anything, but I grew up in Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. 70 degrees and sunny on Christmas Day is my uh, that's my wheelhouse. Okay, I like it. I like it. Um, I want to start by asking you about Duke, Jay, because obviously uh most losses what was the stat that i saw where it's like the most losses before uh january 1st in like 40 years something like that early 80s um i think was what gary Parrish said on uh on college basketball something like that but either way the sky is not falling for duke basketball but they have stumbled a little bit early um what have you seen uh for year one with john shire and this group that um, maybe some people are missing and why you're optimistic that they can figure things out uh, come ACC play? Well, because they're young and they're really talented and I think they're very well coached. I mean, the the losses they've suffered, they've played a really difficult schedule. So, you know, losing to Kansas by a small amount that, you know, nobody's beaten Purdue. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're in a, uh, you know, they're they're not in poor company there. Uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, you know, who else they've lost to, uh, they, but their lost Wake Forest came on the road and, and they've, they've had their struggles there and, uh, and had some really close games and Wake's, Wake's played really well. So I'm not, I'm not uh, sort of down on, on Duke at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a surprising stat though, if that's true, that, you know, the most losses they've had, you know, prior to January one, I'd find that kind of kind of hard to believe given you know given the years they've had um but and and, you know a couple years ago heck i was there at a number of their losses before january (laughs) one yeah uh, so i'd be surprised if that's correct but i'm not i would never doubt gary Parrish. but that's well it was on the podcast with him and norlander i was listening to it and like i had to stop because i think they talked about it it was was mentioned on the broadcast for one of the recent duke games and um it sounds odd it may be right maybe right but but it's not that's hardly a sky apologies to gary and matt though if it's not 100 but either way um it it is interesting because like year one and like you talked about a couple years ago um obviously not a tournament team and we'll see what happens this year where do they feel like it to you does this feel like a six seed does this feel like a team that can still climb their way back into a two three type team come tournament time or where do you see them right now i mean i think at at, at, when all said and done they're they're a top 15 basketball team with a chance to be better Mm -hmm. and and the reason i put it at at top 15 is because of the youth that they have um 
you know, if once once Lively and Whitehead are healthy and mm. and have some continuity, uh, if they're able to get that, uh, that makes them that much better. I mean, it's hard to when you've got you know two potential first round draft picks that haven't really been able to play mm. uh, significant minutes uh, throughout the early season. Uh, it makes it a little bit more difficult. But uh, but but they've got they've got some really good talent and uh, and I'm I'm bullish on their their chances to be a, a very good team. Like now, are they going to be as good as Purdue or UConn, uh, who I think are the two best teams that I've seen? Uh, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. those teams are better. But but there's not a there's not a wide swath of teams that you could say okay they're they're better than Duke and and there isn't a isn't a long list of teams saying, <clears throat> well, they can't win against this team. They, they can beat almost anybody. Um, who do you think has the best opportunity to break out in ACC play uh, on this roster right now? Who are you betting on to kind of to break through and have a really good ACC run on Duke's roster right now? On the roster itself? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Filipowski, uh, yeah. I think, has been, been very good. I think they need to get more consistent play out of Jeremy Roach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tyrese Proctor, I think, can be very good. He's just still really young. He's he's actually a reclassed kid mm-hmm. um, that came in early out of high school, but he's an NBA he's an NBA player in the future. And it's just a question of when. Uh, so they're 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 good, and uh, and I don't have any doubts, you know, that they'll they'll continue to improve throughout the course of the season. But nobody's going to go through this whole thing undefeated. We're gonna. We're going to see teams. We're going to doubt. There's not a team out there that we're not going to doubt at some point. Um, that's kind of just the way this season's going to go. But uh, but the team I have, uh, the two teams I have the least doubt about are Purdue and uh, and UConn. Well, we'll get into UConn in a second because I wanted to pick your brain on them. Um, last thing on Duke, though, what's the biggest difference that you've seen uh, that John Shire has already implemented that's a little bit different than what you've seen uh, for so many years with Coach K actually on the floor? What are some different wrinkles you've noticed? They're doing a little bit. Uh, There's some differences in their the way they uh, way they run ball screen actions and. Mm um and sort of the spacing that they use but um but i I don't see a bunch of like oh my god things have changed type of deal they're Mm -hmm. they're more of a contain a containment defensive team but that's because of personnel more than anything uh you know i think there'll be times in the future when they'll be able to get out in passing lanes and be more uh more of a pressure defensive team you know they're not a team that gets a lot of steals right now because they're so big Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't need to press out right now. Um, they can, but um, but it's not it's not necessarily who they are. Uh, so they're, they're defensively. I like I like the makeup of their team. Um, but to be, you know, they're not a knockout punch team just yet uh, because of, of some of the personnel losses that they've had. But uh, but I like the way they play. Um, obviously I'm a UT alum and, uh, here in Knoxville and watch a lot of UT basketball games up close, but I'm curious from what you've seen from Tennessee, obviously the defense is there with Rick Barnes's group, and this is maybe the best defensive team he's had thus far. Um, the offense is a question. We'll see what happens with Josiah Jordan James this week and if he's able to go. And that's just such an important part of where they can get offensively. But based on what you've seen thus far from Tennessee, do you see enough of an avenue for this offense to get good enough to make a deep tournament run? Or do you still just have too many questions about how they match up uh, offensively come tournament time once again? I don't, yeah, I don't think it, it has to do with questions that you may have, or I may have. Um, all you have to do is watch it. They're, mm. they're not, they're just not consistent offensively. 
And when you've got so many guys, like they, they get a lot of second shots, which is mm-hmm. good because they miss a lot of their first ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're not a good finishing team. Um, uh, they shoot a ton of threes and they don't make them at a high rate. Mm-hmm. But because they defend so well, uh, they can absorb an off night and still win. And uh, and when they do hit shots, they're you know they're gonna they're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they're just inconsistent. They're not a consistent shooting team, and that has nothing to do with the schemes that they run, the kind of shots that they take, things like that. Uh, they just don't have a ton of really good shooters, and they've got some the guys that can make shots and that are that I would call streaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Keys probably if they had a horse game, he'd win. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, but, it, but they don't, and a number of the guys aren't good. A number of their players aren't good around in finishing in two point range. Yeah. And so that, that, you know, inconsistency there and, and all these numbers include their offensive rebound stickbacks now, mm-hmm. which they're, which they get a lot, you know, a fair amount of, I, last time I checked, it's been a while, but they're, they're in the top two or three and mm-hmm. in offensive rebound percentage. And, and now if you hit more of your first ones, that'd be really good. Those numbers <laughs> mm-hmm. would be really good, but they just don't hit enough of them. And, uh, and it, you know, I think it, when you get into the la- you know, later, uh, parts of the season, when other teams are going to be more proficient scoring against your defense, um, you know, that defense is, is spectacular. The numbers are off the charts, but some of those numbers are created against teams that can't score anyway. So uh, not everybody. I mean, they they performed consistently well against just about every team they've played on the defensive end. They're hard to score against. Um, but I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I think you watch, when you watch Tennessee play in their best games, you're going, mm. who's going to beat these guys? Mm. But if you watch every game, you're going to go, okay, I can see it. Yeah. Um, and that's true of a number of teams out there. But but with the way the games are being, you know, the way the games are officiated, you can go after people defensively. And that bodes well for Tennessee, I think. Yeah, it's just going to be pulling teeth every week, I think, against the big dogs. It's just I don't see the offense and the, the shot makers just being there. And we'll see if Josiah Jordan James and he is not right all year. I don't I, I just I don't see the path like he's just so important at the top of the key. And he's probably their best shooter. Um, Santee's having his worst shooting season thus far uh, in his Tennessee career. So we'll see if that keeps up. But if that's a shoulder thing, because he has shoulder issues we'll see if that keeps up but um barnes will adapt like he he did one game of zakai ziegler in the starting lineup and he was like yep that's done uh that's literally never happening again uh zakai you're never coming you're never starting once again um but we'll see what happens with tennessee um we talked last time about officiating and you just mentioned kind of uh team styles like tennessee with um, their aggressive defense being uh, a huge uh boon to them uh for for success um uh, with the way the game is officiated I'm curious, is there a new trend? Because we talked about what you saw uh, last year with trends in officiating and how that affected shot making across college basketball. Have you noticed a new one thus far or is it pretty steady based on what you saw last year? No, I'm not even paying attention to that anymore. Not Mm. my issue. I don't care. They can call it the way they want. the, Mm -hmm. the, The person who cares least about the way the games are officiated now is me. I do not care. But I'm not uh-huh. I'm not immune. Like I see what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. The, the the game is really physical. So mm-hmm. so I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm saying that in a factual way. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's physical, um, be be more physical. Mm-hmm. And and you know I think you you hear it. You know so you don't need to listen to me. Listen to any coach that talks about what it takes to win. The first thing they say is we got to be more physical. 
Hmm. And and so while while there are, are certainly people on the administrative side talking a different talking about something different, what what what's actually happening is is physicality is carrying the day. So for Houston, uh, for Tennessee, for a number of teams that are are you know hang their hat on defense, man, be as physical as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you go after people, uh, you know, I, you, you got to do what you have to do, what is allowed in order to be successful. And, uh, and so I, and I think we're seeing that and you're seeing some of the top defensive teams up, up near the top as a result of that. And that's, you know, that, that's one of the reasons they are one of the top defensive teams is because they're not afraid to go out and be physical and bag bodies and bump cutters and, and things like that. Um, who's got the best style that you've seen this year? Who have you enjoyed watching just schematically the most? Who does some, who plays a really fun way that you've enjoyed? Um, Purdue, uh, Mm. it would be at the top of that list. And then UConn now, uh, those are the teams I mentioned, I think are the two best. Uh, I really enjoy watching Alabama play. Mm. Um, I think they're really good. And I think Arkansas, uh, if Arkansas were healthy, I would really like to see them play. I mean, Nick Smith Jr. Hasn't been healthy all year. He's Mm. played a few games, but that's it. And uh, and then, you know, they lose uh, Trevor Brazil for the season, which is a crushing blow. But they're still a they're still a, a talented team that's going to mm-hmm. win a ton of games and and be a top 20 team throughout the course of the year. But if they had those two of those two guys healthy, I would mm-hmm. like to see them at the end because I think they would be really they're going to be dangerous anyway. But I think they would be really dangerous. Did you see this breakthrough coming for UConn? Did you see them being uh, one of the two best teams coming into the year? No, because I did not know, I did not know how good their freshmen were. Mm. You know, so you see Donovan Klingen going. You know, that guy, he's as efficient as any freshman big guy in the country. He's coming off mm. the bench. His per forty minute numbers must must be completely off the charts. Mm. Um, and then their transfers. You know, I like I didn't watch a couple of those guys as closely as I'm watching them now. Uh, but the combination of those two two things um, and the way they blended in, but their their returnees, you know, like Andre Jackson's as good as mm-hmm. any wing in the country, and Jordan Hawkins, one of the best shooters in the country. Um, they they've got everything. There's really not a box that they don't check. But having having Sonogo and Klingon uh, in there uh, at, at the nobody's got two five men that that play that way. Nobody mm-hmm. has that. And, uh, uh, heck, you know, why last time I really watched them for 40 minutes was against Butler and Butler mm-hmm. had kept it to a, you know, I don't know, they were within five or six and the, you know, it was 49, 44 or something like that. And, uh, it was at Butler and UConn outscored them. I must have outscored them 27 to five on, mm-hmm. on the way to the house. I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was just, a you know, it was like watching a car take off against a big wheel in a race. I mean, it was, it wasn't fair. Um, mm-hmm. And, and they've got that in them. I haven't seen them play poorly. I'm sure, you know, Danny Hurley would say they have, but I haven't seen them play poorly yet. Do you think that matters? Because you hear that a lot as a, just a, a cliche talking point where it's like, oh, we haven't seen them face real adversity. But you being a, a former big time player, Jay, like, do you buy into that? Do you think that actually matters as to whether or not you're going to succeed come, come tournament time if you haven't been challenged that way? Well, it, they've been challenged. I, it, there's a difference between I haven't seen them play poorly and they haven't been challenged. Yeah. Um, you know, one, they've been challenged and and they will be going forward. 
Um, I think that the thing that I never really agreed with was the idea that if uh, if an undefeated team like, say, a couple of years or a couple of years ago, it's longer now, now, six, seven years ago, when Kentucky was unbeaten going into mm. the Final Four and you would have some of these folks that would say, well, they'd be a lot sharper if they had a loss. Yeah, I've never bought that. You know, it's funny how UCLA, when they had Lou Alcindor, you know, how <laughs> sharp they were with no losses. And, mm-hmm. You know, I think Bill Walton played an undefeated team. You know, it, it didn't seem to bother them. Right. And uh, uh, so I don't I've never understood that. Um, uh, you know, you lose you lose because you don't play well in a particular game, not because you're you know, you, you needed that sharpness. Otherwise, everybody go out and lose before the tournament and it'd work out well for you. Um, I just think they've got uh, they've got the best balance of, of really, really talented offensive players that play well together and uh, and really capable defenders that are super athletic and then, you know, the ability to protect the lane and protect the rim. And, uh, and when I say rim protection, it's not just shot blocking, you know, they can keep you out of the lane and they can wall up and make you take shots over them. And they usually rebound those shots to where there aren't easy second ones. We'll end on this. Um, it's kind of funny that Purdue's kind of breaking through. You have Zach Eady, who's just having just best college basketball season of anybody to this point. Um, they've always been one of those teams that we've all, I think, enjoyed and rooted for. Matt Painter plays a fun style. They've had stars in the past, like Jaden Ivey was so much fun last year. And you, you go down the list, like Carson Edwards was a lot of fun. The offense has always been there, but the defense has. And you look at it this year, and you're like, the defense is a little bit better. And if the defense can get to a certain point, you're like, okay, the offense is always going to be there. But they just you wondered about the defense and if they were ever going to be good enough to win enough, uh, be good enough defensively to to make a deep run. Do you? buy that so when you're saying that they're one of the two best teams what does that feel different this year when you're watching purdue that this feels more sustainable come march i don't i i guess i'm like everybody else in a way where i'm sure that there are past performance issues that creep into the back of my mind about things i mean Mm. I, i can't i can't say my brain doesn't allow that but it's pretty rare that I allow that stuff to, to affect the way I view things right now. Hmm. Like, you know, first of all, they, they, it took an extraordinary thing by Virginia, you know, with Kihei Clark and uh, uh, a few years ago with after that missed free throw for them hmm. to not be in the final four that year. And yeah. was it 19? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so otherwise they would have been there in a, in a heartbeat. And, and, you know, last year lost to, to St. Peter's when I didn't think they should have, but, um, you know, I, I think they have what it takes this year. They are not an older team in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got freshman guards, but they've got such good depth. Uh, you know, when they go to the bench, they bring in so many quality bench players that, uh, Matt Painter can press a lot of buttons, um, you know, because if if I and it goes this goes for anybody, but mm. if any of us were using past performance, we'd write Tennessee off right now. Yeah. You know, like why why talk about Tennessee? They haven't done it in the past, and they've not played well in the tournament, uh, and they've not shot it well in certain. So it, it it doesn't. I just don't think those things inform. And and they've had you know that's been some adversity they've had. So mm. you know, sign them up. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know how this stuff works. When does mm. adversity help you? Yeah. It helps you in hindsight. And and uh, and when does that loss help you? It helps you in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, otherwise we, we, we'd be a hell of a lot better predicting this stuff. And nobody's mm-hmm. been able to predict live sports ever. 
Yeah. Uh, we can't predict that. That's why Vegas and, uh, and Atlantic city have made so much money over the years. But, but I just, I like, per, I like, I do like the way they play, but more than the way they play, I like the makeup of this team. I just, there, there is a, a function of, you know, some of their youth that say, okay, you know, in some of these situations that may show up, uh, in a given game, but, but man, it hadn't showed up yet. They, they've played, I've seen them in some pretty tough spots and they've responded in a way, I think their level of competitive spirit and, and fire has, uh, has trumped their lack of experience in those, those areas uh, mm -hmm. or those situations. So, but who knows, you know, if it shows up later on, we'll all be able to say, I told you so, cause we talked about it once. Yeah, there you go. Jay, what uh, can the good folks check out from you across ESPN and everywhere else this week with you? What are you, what are you calling this week? I don't have anything this week. Nothing it's this all, week. Yeah, it's all football. Okay. Um, so this is usually the time of year where uh, I get a few days. I get a few days to kind of recharge because mm. I had. I've already done twenty five games. Uh, in, wow. Since uh, November, I think it was November eleventh, mm. and from November eleventh to December twelfth, I traveled over thirty thousand miles. <laughs> And so I got to put a little tread on my tennis shoes here. And mm -hmm. uh, so I've got a few days before I get back get back at it. Is it too cold to golf or are you getting some time to golf a little bit before you get back? It is, too, it is way too cold to golf. <laughs> yeah, it's it's barely warm enough to go outside. I mean, it mm -hmm. was it was wind chill. You know, it, it's not I know in Knoxville it's been bad. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little you have a little more elevation than we do in Charlotte. But mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah, it's been as cold here starting to break now but it was as cold as it's ever been i mean we were setting records yeah i can't imagine what it was like in buffalo new york or you know some of these places in the midwest where they're trying to dig out we didn't have to dig out we just <laughs> uh you know it was we just didn't want to go out uh, we had rolling blackouts though or brown we had that too yeah and i you know we were trying to my wife's trying to figure out like why is this happening it's like mm. you know they have to buy power and make it they have they have budgets of power too now mm -hmm. um so I, I have no idea how it worked but i was just hoping not tonight mm -hmm. uh, you know as long as it's tomorrow during the daytime i can handle it absolutely well jay stay safe out there enjoy the rest of your holiday break and i'm excited to get you back on the calls uh this season and uh just very very grateful for you making the time uh for this program i greatly appreciate it and we'll have to talk again soon Look forward to it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jay. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm -hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.